folks, and welcome to the 28th edition of Weber's Whipping Post, coming from my office in Bourbon, Illinois. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you took the time to listen to my podcast. This episode is entitled, Suggestion from a Whippersnapper. Today I'm going to talk about the political hack Jack Smith, Ron DeSantis, hate crime, the Second Amendment under attack again, Obama, Devin Archer, and some other material before winding up with my latest opinion piece. But first, this broadcast is brought to you by Jeff and Brandon Chiro at Court Street Ford, now in their 40th year service in the Kankakee County area. Stop by their showroom at 558 William Latham Drive in Bourbon A and check out that amazing GT in the showroom. You can save up to $6,000 on a selection of Ford 150 pickups, which is what I drive, Core Street Ford is open from Monday through Saturday, offering new car and truck sales, pre-owned autos, and vehicle servicing. You can call them at 815-348-7024 or check out their website at courtstreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. Speaking of sponsors, if you would like to be a sponsor on this program, please contact me at aweber1957 at gmail.com. I probably have some of the best advertising rates in the business as I work cheaply. By now, I probably won that $1.55 billion lottery, in which case you can call me at 800-WHO-ARE-YOU. According to constitutional law professor Jonathan Turley, political hack Jack Smith's latest indictment of Trump threatens to destroy the First Amendment by giving the government power to criminalize what might be considered political lies by some. This comes after yet four more indictments leveled at Trump by Smith over Trump's claim of election interference in the January 6th protest called a riot by our corrupt media. Trump pleaded not guilty to this latest barrage of political crap thrown against the wall by the Democrat Party, a process by which resembles a banana republic with the party in power going after any competition. To make the situation even more asinine, he had to appear in a Washington, D.C. court where he has about as much chance of a fair hearing as I have of running a four-minute mile. Even if Trump did lie, according to Turley, case law dictates that false statements are protected by the First Amendment also. We have a right to lie, folks. It isn't the government's job to determine what is true or false. Turley said if Trump is convicted, the Supreme Court would likely knock it down. Speaking of election interference, which I believe wholeheartedly, as do most of the people I associate, Ron DeSantis took an odd position recently in Iowa at a campaign event. He now says the claims of 2020 election fraud are untrue and any irregularities were more likely a result of a changing procedures due to COVID. This is a disturbing response from the candidate most Trump voters were holding on to in case Trump gets knocked out of the primary or those who hope DeSantis might be a vice presidential candidate. Nearly every Trump voter believes there was election fraud, and it's doubtful we will ever change our minds that a man with dementia could campaign from his basement and get 81 million votes. We're just not that ignorant, folks. I wonder if DeSantis is not feeling pressure from his largest contributor, Robert Bigelow, 
who has recently said he will not donate any more money to DeSantis if changes are not made. If true, this would be very unfortunate, showing money is doing the talking with DeSantis, not the man who looked like a great candidate for 2028. Oh well, there's always Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, or businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, as the next great conservative hope. I wonder if either might be a VP pick for Trump, thus greasing the wheels for 2028. Happy birthday to my daughter Becky, who turned 40 this week. Also, guitarist extraordinary Rick Derringer turned 76 years old this week. He has some claim to fame being part of the McCoys with their debut single, Hang On Sloopy, in 1965. He also had to hit Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo and played lead guitar for Edgar Winter's hits Frankenstein and Free Ride in 1973. Professional dancer O'Shea Sibley was stabbed to death last week by a 17-year-old moron at a Brooklyn gas station. Evidently, Mr. Sibley was a gay man and also black, so the suspect has been charged with murder as a hate crime. I'll be damned if I understand the distinction. The left-leaning Wikipedia has printed a word salad that would make Kamala Harris blush about the topic. 9,056 words, to be exact. A hate crime is a prejudice-motivated crime which occurs when a perpetrator targets a victim because of their membership of a certain social group or racial demographic. As I have physically bought gas in Brooklyn, let's just suppose that was me that kid murdered. Because I'm white and not gay, there would be no hate crime attached to the offense. Why not? If it applies to one person, why not another? Wikipedia lists groups limited to, and I quote, ethnicity, of which I'm English descent, that's an ethnicity, disability, I wear hearing aids, a definite disability, language, I speak English, albeit some profane, but that's a language, nationality, I'm American, that certainly fits the profile. Physical appearance, well, I'm round and have a white beard, that's a little different than the average guy. Being over 65 definitely makes me a minority, like about 7% of the population, and on and on. So the point is, why is it a hate crime just because Mr. Sibley was black and or gay? Why is the crime against him somehow greater than had it been me who was murdered? Is his life somehow worth more than mine or other hapless murder victims, which happens every day? If the perpetrator gets more years in prison because of the hate crime associated with his heinous act, then it makes Mr. Sibley's life more viable than mine. How is that fair? And of course, Beyonce had to pay tribute. Only right in this woke society, since he evidently was dancing to a Beyonce song when he was sought out and stabbed. The CNN news site had a large black box that said, Rest in power, O'Shea Sibley. Whatever the hell that means. How does one rest in power? They're dead. It was a crime to murder the unfortunate Mr. Sibley. Another crime is giving in special dispensation at the expense of others. Hey, Darwin, guess who taught Jack Daniel how to make his famous whiskey? A slave by the name of Nathan Nearest Green. Born in Baltimore, Green operated a distillery for a minister, grocery store operator, and slave owner by the name of Dan Call in Lynchburg, Tennessee. 
The middle-aged slave taught a hard-working Scottish boy of about 12 how to make whiskey in a barnyard still. When Jack Daniel opened his backwoods distillery in 1866, he hired Greet, recently emancipated, as his first master distiller. And the rest, as they say, is history. Comrade Don Beyer from Virginia, a Democrat in the House, is doing his socialistic best to deny you your Second Amendment rights. He and 37 other socialist Dems introduced a bill to charge a 1,000% excise tax on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. You heard that correctly. This would take the price of a $1,000 weapon to $10,000. Your Second Amendment right be damned. In a letter to Speaker McCarthy, Beyer wrote that gun violence is the leading cause of death to children in America since 2020. Last year, 1,686 children were killed by gun violence. No, Comrade Beyer, gun violence was not the leading cause of death. Abortions were. There were 620,000 abortions in 2020, dwarfing gun violence statistics. Put your 1,000% markup on abortions first, get rid of your security details or bodyguards, and then get back to us, you communist troglodyte, and learn your damn history. An author by the name of David Garrow wrote an award-winning 2017 biography of Barack Obama entitled Rising Star, The Making of Barack Obama. He gave an interview recently to Tablet, an online magazine focusing on all things Jewish. He had many claims that have stunned the Obama-adoring community, none of which was larger than Obama's first memoir, Dreams from My Father, was largely fiction. Somehow, that came as no surprise to me. He was a 34-year-old nobody when he wrote that book. So, if you were marooned on a deserted island for the next five years with a stereo, what would the one album you would want to have with you? I would want the Dark Side of the Moon album by Pink Floyd. Email me at aweber1957 at gmail.com with your selection. If I get enough responses, I'll get you the results next week. Please don't ask how long the extension cord has to be to power it up. From the file you always suspected, a retired police friend from New York emailed me the report the New York Times admitted that deaths due to COVID were deliberately overreported by 30%. The fraud was perpetrated by the Democrat slash media slash medical cabals in order to terrorize and panic America into accepting their commands. He also stated that little Lord Fauci knew all along paper masks didn't work against the virus, but just like the power he had to make it mandatory. Still trust your government? Did you hear where Devin Archer, who was Hunter Biden's old buddy, a business partner, testified recently before the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability? He said that top Burisma executives requested Hunter Biden's help with a former Ukrainian prosecutor by the name of Viktor Shokin. The request was made during a meeting in Dubai at the time when both Archer and Biden sat on the Burisma's board. Burisma is a holding company based in Kiev, Ukraine, for a group of energy exploration and production companies. Shokin is the same guy Joe Biden bragged about getting fired in 2016 by Ukrainian President Poroshenko 
before the Obama administration would release a billion dollars in loan guarantees. According to FBI Form FD-123, both Joe and Hunter Biden were the beneficiaries of a $10 million payday by Burisma for getting Shokin fired. The money is confirmed through bank records. It's mind-boggling that we live in a country where it is known with almost 100% certainty that the sitting president of the United States, along with his brother and drug-addled son, colluded with both China and Ukraine, unabashedly selling himself to the foreign entities and misusing taxpayer money to enrich himself. And while the news and proof of these nefarious, immoral, and treasonous incidents multiply, the Democrat Party and the U.S. Department of Justice turns a blind eye, instead choosing to chase a presidential nominee into hell at the behest of the same sitting president. If that's not a banana republic, I don't know what is. And worse, there is the rot and the stink of the American mainstream media that turns a blind eye by going along, thus aiding and abetting this travesty of justice. Historians will mark this as the turning point in this country when as all empires do, we collapsed under our own weight. Excavation at the Roman city of Pompeii continues to this day, which frankly came as a surprise to me. Pompeii, near Naples, Italy, was buried under nearly 20 feet of volcanic ash upon the eruption of Mount Vesuvius in the year 79 AD. About 11,000 inhabitants perished in the eruption. Recently, they found a painted wall called a fresco, in which there was a depiction of what looked like a pizza on a silver platter. The site was first excavated in the 1800s and thought to be a laundry and left alone. Since going back to take another look, they found a bakery oven, a kitchen shrine, remains of a mattress, frescoes, and three skeletons. Alas, it couldn't have been pizza as we know it, though. Tomatoes were native to South America only at the time, and mozzarella hadn't been invented yet. It was probably no more than focaccia bread with some toppings. Good God, don't tell my wife about this, but great divorce is on the rise. I never heard of this before, and the very thought of it is terrorizing my dreams now. Great divorce or silver splitters are couples in their 50s and above who are getting divorced, resulting in many of them living alone. Over one-third of people getting divorced now are over the age of 50. Susan Brown at Bowling Green State University states that divorce rates for the overall population are declining except for older adults and is even rising for those over 65. They list all sorts of reasons for getting divorced, including politics, COVID, vaccines, drifting apart, and grandkids, which I can understand, but the one that kind of pierced my heart was the client who told the Houston divorce attorney, I do not want to die next to that man. I'm out. Whoa. Why would couples want to go 30, 40, 50 years and then split the nest egg in half and then live alone? I'm somewhat of a loner and it still defies logic to me. I could not imagine life without my bride of 43 years. I have to wonder if this is just another big city thing. Hey, did you know community banks are in the community? That little nugget is courtesy of our vice president and part-time rocket scientist, Kamala Harris, spoken last week at an event in the District of Columbia. Break up the Cubs. The Cubs are hot. 
They scored 36 runs in two games, the best since 1897 when they were called the Colts. Then they got shut out by the Braves Friday and came back Saturday and scored eight more runs, 44 runs in four days. And in doing so, have climbed back into the National League Central. This run goes back to the All-Star break. 145 runs in 19 games, the best in baseball, and 43 more than the second-place teams. They became the first team in history to have 10 extra base hits and 5 home runs in consecutive games. I guess they might be proving me all wrong after all when I predicted they'd finish in the middle of the division and out of the playoffs. But it's still early August and they've done it to me too many other times for me to get excited about it right now. Just ask me about the 1969 Cubbies, the first time I really got my heart broken as a 12-year-old boy on eight that never went away. I will die with that scar. It got a little worse just last week when I was playing golf with my 32-year-old son. Somehow the conversation got on the 69 Cubs and I mentioned all-star second baseman Glenn Beckert from that team. Kessinger to Beckert to Banks. My son, an avid baseball fan who played until his early 20s, looked at me and asked, who is that? Finally, in their infinite wisdom, the state of Illinois decided to hire foreign nationals to become police officers. So now, we Illinois schmucks can be arrested by a non-U.S. citizen and pay taxes to pay them to do so while they infiltrate our law enforcement system. Governor Toilets Pritzker gleefully signed this folly into law this past week. Yet another reason to leave this state. Hey, this episode came to you from the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. You can depend on the George Ryan Insurance Company for nearly all your insurance needs and in many different states. Call the fine folks at Ryan's Insurance at 815-936-0075 for a quote today. That's 815-936-0075. Or you can look them up on their website at www.grinsured.com. So last Wednesday, Republican Senator Mitch McConnell from Kentucky was giving a news conference. Behind him were a few peeps, all nodding noggins in unison. This is what politicians do. They put cohorts around them when speaking to show a unified front as if to make their deceptions sound official. This sanctimonious practice is pathetic. Having said that on this day, it was fortunate for McConnell to have had them there. A few sentences into his speech, he had what is politely called a senior moment. He froze for 28 seconds. It was apparent by his face he either had no clue how to enunciate the words he wanted to say, forgot what he wanted to say, or forgot even who he was. One was left to wonder if the man had had a fetterman otherwise known as a stroke. Now, I'm not in the habit of making fun of people with disabilities, but in this case, Senator Fetterman, due to a combination of a severe stroke and ignorant Pennsylvania voters, is in a position he has no business in and is a liability to our country. McConnell's colleagues showed concern and wished him away, but for anyone who saw it happen, it left an indelible mark. It was cause for concern and I suppose embarrassing for McConnell, if the man is capable of humiliating. California Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein's mental capabilities have been questioned since 2020. She's still there, wheelchair-bound, and reportedly is regularly confused. 
Last year, she questioned who Vice President Kamala Harris was when Harris voted to break a tie in the Senate. I might question why Harris is Vice President, but that is a different rant. Consider that Mitch McConnell is 80 years old and has been in the Senate for 38 years, and that Dianne Feinstein is 89 years old and has been in the Senate for 31 years. Chuck Grassley from Iowa is also 89 years old and has been there 42 years now. That's 111 years of living lavishly off taxpayers by just three senators. Frequently, we hear the call for term limits, which to an incumbent congressman holds about as much weight as reducing their salaries. It's never going to happen unless we get someone that is an independent thinker in office with a spine to stand up to anybody. Hey, wouldn't that be Trump? Sorry, this is not a Trump campaign rant. Perhaps it would be easier to pass age limit restrictions than term limits. An age limit restriction would have the benefit of limiting terms to some degree. The fact is, we don't need the aged with little energy and geriatric issues meandering the halls of Congress. If I were to be introduced in the law, I would push for an age limit of 80 years old. Nobody can run for any office if they're 80 or older. That would include President, too, so Biden would not qualify. Now wait, I know what some of you 80 or older are thinking, and this young whippersnapper doesn't mean to demean you. If you're over 80 and possibly able to whip me due to your great vitality and mindset, please don't email me. I understand there are outliers to every rule, and there are some very spry and wise folks older than 80. I have friends whose wonderful mother is 89 or 90 years old, and she has more vitality and spunk than any three people I know combined. But come on, we have to set an age limit somewhere, don't we? Otherwise, we'll continue to get fossils like Feinstein, McConnell, Pelosi, or Biden, who all have age-related issues with political machines keeping them in office. They have gotten so used to the power and graft they so greatly enjoy, they ain't never going home unless in a box. The exalted psychops of the Ku Klux Klan, Robert Byrd, Democrat from West Virginia, was there for 51 years until he finally died at 92 years old. Whether we set the age at 80 or 85 is just common sense to limit people by age and or fitness to ensure we get maximum productivity from congressmen in Washington, D.C. By setting an age limit, we might get close to some semblance of term limits, which we know is needed, but will never get passed by those in power. This whippersnapper doesn't know how to make this happen, folks, but hope the idea might catch fire so that someone might. Hey, that's all I got for you, folks. If you like this podcast, please tell others. Check out my blog at www.webberswhippingpost.com. Thanks for listening. Bye now.